Okay, cool. I think we are there. We are live. Uh, welcome back to Fast Charge Live again. Second week in a row. I wasn't sure we were going to manage, but here we are. Uh, I am joined this week by Toddy and Nyron and Chris, all of whom you should know and I hope love by now. 28 episodes in. We should be getting that kind of level of emotional intensity, I think. It's, uh, you know, we've all been through a lot this year, so kind of build the bond. Uh, yeah, this week is kind of a, a flagship special, or maybe not even flagship. I think like we need a new word for these type of phones, these kind of ultra flagships, next level, top tier devices that go above and beyond. So we have three to run through. First up, the Xiaomi Mi 10 Ultra, which was announced in China just a couple days ago and is absolutely nuts. It's got a couple kind of world first specs, at least as far as I'm aware. So it's pretty crazy. It looks like a lot of fun. Next, we then have the Microsoft Surface Duo, which Microsoft announced, I mean, Anira will know better than me, but announced like way back last year. This has been in the works forever, but it is finally actually coming to market in the US next month. And then finally, there is the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. Obviously, I mean, that phone's basically old news by now. It was, you know, it's like a whole week ago. No one cares. But uh, Toddy has actually been using it. He's got a Note 20 Ultra with him, hopefully sitting somewhere off camera. So he will run us through what he thinks of the phone so far. I think we're still at the stage where we're not allowed to call it a review. He's not allowed to give sort of final thoughts, final verdict, all of that stuff. But he's going to let us know his sort of first impressions after using it for a bit. Cool. So uh, Xiaomi first, the Mi 10 Ultra, which is the first sort of Ultra device they've done, unless I'm forgetting one. Uh, I don't think they've done this kind of crazy next level phone before. It is, as far as we know, a China exclusive. So far, that's all they've announced. But I think everyone is hoping they're going to announce some sort of global availability for it because it looks pretty wild. Uh, the big thing is the number 120. So that kind of pops up in a few specs. First up, the kind of least exciting of the bunch maybe is that it's got a 120 hertz display. We've seen a lot of phones with that, but still, that's good. Second up, it's got 120 times zoom which I think is the most anyone's ever done. Obviously, Samsung hit 100 before. Uh, this has 120. Like Samsung's, it's not 120 times, you know, mechanically that we're not there. But that combination of a periscope lens and digital stuff to take it up to a pretty silly 120. But actually, the spec that excites me the most is the charging, which is 120 watt wide fast charging. Uh, that we have seen before in sort of concept things. We were talking just the other a uh, few weeks ago, I think, about Oppo... Uh, and sort of other brands pushing 120, 125 watt. But I think this is the first actual device actually hitting the market that you can actually buy that has charging speeds like that in. Um, I, I tweeted slightly facetiously the other day that I think this is the first phone with Ultra in the name that I actually want. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't. I reviewed the S20 Ultra. I did not love it. And I think the Note 20 Ultra looks better. We'll, we'll get to that properly later, but it, it still doesn't look like the kind of fun I'd want. Um, but the, the Mi 10 Ultra appeals to me a lot more for, for a few reasons, but um, I, I've been babbling for a while. Uh, Chris, what do, you, what do you think of it from what you've seen? What's, uh, before, we, before I say anything, what's the difference between a Pro and an Ultra then these days? Like, I'm confused. Uh, semantics? Uh... <laughs> I mean, were, were Pro phones ever really for Pros anyway? Yeah, so exactly. it's, it is just picking a new word to be your top tier thing, right? Yeah. My feeling is that the way, the reason Samsung went to it, I think, is that Pro and Plus became almost synonymous in the phone world in that it was just your slightly bigger, slightly better phone. Was the, either You either called it Pro or you called it Plus and it didn't really matter what you did. Um, Apple obviously tried to upend that with the Pro Max was their way of getting away from that and doing something that then stood at another tier up. I think Ultra is just that. It's a way of saying it's almost like Pro got so degraded by people using it all the time as a, as a way of separating phones out that Ultra is then just that new way of saying this one's really silly. Like it's got more than you need. It's, but I think it also that it kind of speaks to that idea that the specs in these phones aren't there to be practical. If that makes sense, you know, I think a lot of the time with the Pro and the Plus, they do make the argument: Oh, you need these. Here are all these benefits you get. I feel like the Ultras are kind of there to appeal to the people who just want the thing that is the best, that has the most, that has the absolute peak on every spec. And that's what they're there for. And that's why they then, Samsung at least, charges a grand and a half for them. 
Um, price, I think, is, is worth talking about briefly. Like I said, this is a China-only fund, so we don't have global pricing. The Chinese pricing, I can't remember the, the, the amount in one, but it works out to around seven $800, which is very affordable. Now, bear in mind, this is always the case. The Chinese prices, once you do the exchange rates, are always lower than they end up being. So if this does get a Western release, expect it to be more than that. It will probably break the thousand line, almost certainly. But still, this is... You know, I don't think it's going to end up double, which is what it would have to be to be on a par with the the Samsung Ultra phones. So they have gone relatively affordable. I mean, mm. looking at last year's Mi series, like the Mi Nine was in all of our like great flagship roundups and affordable phone roundups because it was a really good value for money offering. And mm. the Mi Ten and the Mi Ten Pro, we haven't reviewed them yet, but like they're already out there and they are decent devices as well in much the same fashion. Xiaomi doesn't ever really have any fears of really going high on that kind of margin line, I guess you could say. Um, and it's the same here with the Ultra. So I really hope it does come to markets outside of China because the direct conversion is is silly cheap for what you're getting considering what else is out there. Yeah, totally. And And... You know, not just that, like I said, I think there are things in this you just aren't getting anywhere else. I mean, they all will work their way through. Someone else would do 120 times zoom and 120 watt charging. But for now, at least this is sort of the only place you can get those. Well, um, your main issue with the Ultra, at least from the camera front, was that, you know, that it had that 108 megapixel sensor. It had 100 times space zoom, but neither was good. Is that fair <laughs> yeah. to say? I mean, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I think the, the 108 sensor got better once they patched it a bit, but yeah. certainly uh, it it was not, it was bad at launch. And I think even as it got better, it still maybe didn't get better enough to justify what it is. Um, I obviously, I am very skeptical of 120 times zoom, which really is the bit of these specs I don't care about because it's just kind of a silly number. 100 times was already more zoom than anyone needed or used. 120 is not actually better. You know, if it is better, I want it to be better at 10 times. You know, that's what I care about, how, yeah. how good a zoom it is at the lower levels. But the difference between 100 and 120 is, you know, it's, it's a marketing gimmick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm all for the 120 watt charging, as long as the phone yeah. doesn't catch on fire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've probably made it fairly clear over all these uh, episodes of fast charge, but I don't care about things like crazy zoom. <laughs> And uh, uh, the, the the sort of things that they sell these phones on, and then I don't think many people use them after a week of having the phone, to be honest. Totally. I think that that's true for a lot of this. Um, yeah. The thing I want to single out about the, the, the Mi 10 Ultra, which for me is actually a, a, the wire charging, but B, this is sort of why this appeals to me in a way the Samsung's never did, is the size. Because it is a 6.67-inch display, yeah. which is still big that makes it a big phone by any measure but that is a kind of you know a, a it's above average but it's not crazy you know um i think that still is a usable size for a phone it's still like an approachable size for a phone it's the kind you can carry around comfortably you can still get away with using it one-handed and that's been my issue with the samsung ultras is that to fit in all of the tech that they want to fit in they've ended up making the phones just comically huge well the other thing is aspect ratio as well so the hand feel despite that i mean that screen side is, is already pretty good it's not too outlandish um yep in six inch plus displays but uh yeah it's 19 i've got the 19.5 by 9 so it's yep. pretty narrow as well which i think makes a huge difference to hand feel and actually how sure. big a phone feels even if the screen is massive whatever the weather having any kind of like squatter like nine even 19 by 9 feels kind of wide nowadays yep. While we're on the display, actually, there is one other thing, which I think, as far as I can tell at a glance, is really the only space they've skimped, doesn't feel like a fair word, but yeah. you know, the specs have gone a little bit lower, is it's only FHD+. plus. Um, True. So resolution-wise, it is not on a par with the Samsung Ultras. Still, and, 386 PPIs, you know, yeah. is enough, and you know, that's only going to help battery life. Totally. Um, for me, that's the kind of compromise I'm happy with. Uh, I think that's fine. I think I would certainly take the high refresh rate over the high resolution, given the choice. Yeah. Yeah. But I can see people dinging them for that. And uh, I guess it speaks to the, it, it's the one, it's the one spec where you can see people saying, oh, I don't want to buy that one. It's only full HD, you know. Mm. Is this mad, you know, top Trump's 
smartphone <laughs> game that we have ended up playing because smartphone tech got so good yep. a long yeah. time ago. And now it's like, oh, what tiny thing can you change so that it's like the world's best um, just for the sake of it? And but I same, think, sorry, oh, sorry, you go. I was going to say, I, I'm not, I don't feel many phones. Uh, one of the things I've got here is high res audio support, which is a thing I only really associate with Sony's more mm -hmm. premium phones. So and they LG. are trying to find other little elements, I think, to dress in that you might not kind of expect from Xiaomi. But yep. if you're looking for, mm. you know, there aren't many phones with that feature. So they may be trying to look for those other people who aren't going to buy the Samsung or aren't going to buy the iPhone who want a really high-end phone. And they're getting those people on board with these extra little details, maybe. Mm. Possibly. Mm. I think the audio stuff mm. is cool, but it's still just, it's so niche and hard to sell and... Yeah, ninety nine percent of smartphone users will just install Spotify and stream and <laughs> not know the difference. Yeah. I totally. mean, the, even even the LG Velvet doesn't have the kind of audio stuff that LG's been doing for years. Which, That's weird. Yeah, which um, you know they have been offering, and the, you know they have been making the best phones for audio files for years. And then the Velvet, I mean, I guess to achieve the lower price point, didn't yeah. didn't get that kind of stuff. Um, whilst we're here, we yeah, have just on the a, on oh. the charge. Sorry, you go, you go ahead. No, no, please, please. Okay, yeah, just a quick point on the charging. I think I saw that it was going to be the first phone that's going to support Quick Charge Five, which we spoke about a couple of weeks ago on the show. Oh yeah. Um, and one of the things we were thinking about is how long will it take for phones to start including this technology, and as it's going to come like 100 watt plus fast charging is kind of going to become the industry standard. But it's really encouraging, I think, to see it on so like these first adopters and to see how, how it will um, affect, like, because we talked about the potential effect longer term um, on the lifespan of the battery. So it'll be interesting to see these first ones, how, how much of an impact it'll have. There was something I was trying to find, actually. They, they made a point of saying, like, they've tested... 800 charging cycles now it should retain at least 90 percent of its capacity after 800 charging cycles that sounds good because yep. you know 365 days in the year assume you charge it every day that's about two years just just under two years worth of, of or just over two years of use of repeat charging but i am still kind of curious whether they would go into any more detail about what they define as a charge cycle and whether i don't know whether if you lost ten percent of your of your battery, would you be bothered by that every day? I think, especially given that this is a four and a half thousand milliamp hour cell, even at you know, I don't want to put too much stock in their numbers necessarily. But mm. if it was a ten percent drop, that's fine because actually that's still going to end up. You're still got more than four thousand milliamp hour capacity there, um, which means it's still going to be by any measure a pretty decent battery. Mm. Um, it, it will be comfortably more than the battery in the next phone we talk about. Uh, so I think the fact that it's a, as big a cell as it is, or actually I should say it's, it's two cells, so that's how yeah. they hit the charging speed is it's two split cells, but taking the combined capacity, like I even with 120 hertz and stuff like this, I think this is a phone that should, it looks like it's going to be a day and a half, two day battery life based on that cell size. Um, and the fact that the screen isn't enormous and it's not WQHD or anything. So, yeah, I think this would survive a 10% drop or mm. even more and, and still be very, very usable. I, I don't, it would have to lose a lot of capacity to get into that kind of horror story. My phone only lasts three hours and then I have to charge it up again kind of space. Yeah. Yeah. After two years, that <clears throat> sounds perfectly reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, to me. Is cool. it, are they doing anything particular to achieve this 120 watts or because like the Lenovo uh, Legion? I can't remember the full name of that phone. It's got a bit of a silly name. That's got crazy charging, but it's because you're plugging it in with two cables and two batteries, right? So, so this is two batteries, but it's not. Uh, it's not the two cable setup. So I think that's generally been the way they've all approached this. Um, as we've hit these very fast speeds, so the Oppo Find X2 Pro had two cells. That's how Oppo's been doing. It's ninety watt for a while. Uh, at the time, that's why Oppo said they couldn't also fit wireless charging into that one just because they couldn't make it work with the two cells without making the phone a lot bigger. In the Oppo piece about 125 watt charging as well, which they talked about a while back, just before Qualcomm actually mentioned their quick charge update. Um, 
they said as well as having that multi-cell setup there was also the whole thing of having multiple charge controllers and a bunch of like extra thermometers in the device to make sure everything's okay but it's the yeah. charge controllers that i think regulate how power is distributed as efficiently as it is to allow those speeds right. so that's i assume what xiaomi's doing as well but yeah no no silly dual cable setup which no. is the <laughs> sounds bad i didn't realize that that's crazy <laughs> Yeah, um, they you know it was their kind of like you know hacking together fast charging uh, without having put in all the R and D everyone else had. They were like, oh, we just two batteries, two USB ports, just <laughs> charge them each at lower speed, and it adds up, right? <laughs> um, we have a question here actually, uh, just on the phone in general from Soulman in the chat, who's just asking Mi Ten Ultra or Huawei P Forty Pro. Oh, I mean, I, this is the obvious answer, but it. It's got to be the Xiaomi because it's going to have Google support if it comes out here. If it comes um, out. If we had yeah. the Chinese of both versions, I guess, True. and you're just looking at the hardware, which one would you choose? Uh, for me, the Xiaomi because mm -hmm. of the charging speed and because I prefer their software. Even even looking at sort of the Chinese versions compared, I still actually prefer their UI experience to Huawei's, but that's personal preference. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably be the same on the on the software side. I've used some Huawei phones in the past. But I always find that it's a real departure from like stock Android. So for me, something that would be kind of a little bit more familiar to me would be something that I would tend to go with. Yeah, I also I'd like to say we haven't really talked much about the design, but I think the Mi 10 Ultra looks a lot nicer. I personally don't love the design language Huawei has been moving towards with its sort of the circular camera arrays on the back and stuff like that that we saw with the the recent mates and that I guess we're expecting to carry on with the new mates though I haven't I remember there were some renders the other day um I I think the Mi 10 Ultra looks very nice I think even with the big camera module they've actually made it look quite slender on the back of the frame mm. and they have the cool transparent finish which we haven't spoken about but is pretty snazzy that you can sort of see the innards of the phone i know they did this before but it's still really cool and i really I, like it i used the transparent mi 8 pro for a long time and it was it was cool i think i'd take the p40 pro yeah yeah it's well it's a bit smaller <laughs> <laughs> fair enough yeah and it's a lovely screen as well 90 yeah, hertz true. but yeah perfectly good screen i would I guess the other caveat I'd give would be the camera thing that I, when I, if I was picking for camera, I would go with the Huawei every time. Mm. Yeah, I think um, the, the image science has gotten so good nowadays. Yeah. I, Xiaomi's is getting better, but I just, they still don't compete in that yeah. space. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Right. I think, I think that is it. We'll probably end up circling back to it a couple of times because these three phones sit in such similar spaces. We'll probably sort of wheel back to it for comparison's sake, but let's move on from the Mi 10 Ultra for now uh, and onto the Microsoft Surface Duo, which is about twice the price, um, twice the displays, to be fair, uh, but it is actually coming out in the US. But as far as we know, nowhere else, we've gone from a China-only launch to what might be a US-only launch. Uh, if you are in the US, the Surface Duo comes out, I want to say September 10th. Yeah, that right, that's right. Yeah, September 10th yep. from $1,400, which is a lot of money. I think more than I expected it to end up at. Certainly more than I've seen other people say. Uh, and Nyron, what, what do you get for your 1400 bucks? Well, um, we spoke about the Surface Duo on the show a couple of months ago. So this was announced way back in October. Um, but we, we've been kind of drip-fed details since then. So the, the general concept is you've got these two kind of 5.6-inch displays, which then can um, they can work independently of one another. So they can they have their own batteries in, but then they can they can also join together for this kind of dual-screen smartphone experience. I mean, Microsoft doesn't explicitly call it a smartphone, but it's capable of making calls and um, um like lte connectivity one of the big things is that it's not um got 5g support because the fact that they announced it so far ahead of release meant that um they would have had to redesign the phone slightly to include um like the, the 5g chip um yeah the problem the, the, the difficulty to justify the price tag is when you look at all the things that it's missing so it's not got expandable storage it's not got nfc it's not got wireless charging and these things 
at this price point, I, sh I should just say, so the, it was 1399 for the, for 128 gigs and then uh, 1499 in the US for 256 gigs. Mm. And the fact that this is not expandable, it's going to be, um, would, it's probably going to be the most likely thing is that most people will pay for the more expensive one. And at that point, it seems like you're compromising on a lot to get this kind of new form factor. I'd actually say it's the, the things that worry me aren't the things that are missing, with the exception of NFC. I think it's insane that there's no NFC in a phone mm. that costs a grand and a half. That's really bonkers, and, and I didn't realize until the other day. Uh, for me, it's the things that are there, but not enough. So six gig of RAM for a phone that they're yeah. pushing as a productivity device, as a multitasking device, as I use these two screens independently and have PowerPoint on one and all this other stuff on the other one. I worry about six gig of RAM. I would like to see eight in this. Um, the camera, I, Microsoft is never likely to excel at camera, but a single lens that's 11 megapixels, um, maybe it will be very good. You know, you can look at Google for, went for a long time with a single 12 megapixel lens on, on its pixels and was the best camera in the world. But I don't trust Microsoft is in that space. And uh, if you look at the other phones mm. you spend that kind of money on, you're going to get multiple lenses. You're going to get much higher megapixel counts and a brand that we know understands its image science around phone cameras and is, you know, Microsoft, we just have, you know, they're an unknown quantity there. Mm. Um, and, and battery size, uh, at three and a half thousand milliamp hours when it's mm. powering two screens. Um, I, and an older, less efficient processor in the 855. Like I, I worry about the battery life in this thing. It's yeah, an odd sort of um, culmination of things, isn't it? The mm. way they've gone about it after you know so many. I don't know our um, our rumors story about the Surface Phone, which is essentially this, um, must be one of the longest running <laughs> rumors <laughs> articles we've ever had because yep. it took them so long to make a phone. But like like you guys say. The fact that they announced it last October and now it's coming out in you know almost a year later means that it's like it's mm. out of date before mm. like, it's even come out. But you I are. Sh I should say, yeah, I should say, sorry that, that this is ahead of the originally scheduled release. So they were mm. saying uh, holiday season twenty twenty, and it's actually there's been like a steady leaking and like Microsoft employees teasing the phone. It became kind of inevitable that it was going to come out sooner. Well, I think they just had to. There's, you know, these specs are old. Not crazy old, but they're, you know, six, seven months old in terms of what you'd expect. And the longer they wait, the older they look. And, you know, uh, certainly I think the 5G one isn't a thing I think most people should stress about. But probably the people spending that kind of money probably do want 5G access. And also there's fair odds that uh, next month or the month after, Apple's going to announce the 5G iPhone. And because of the way this market works and because of the way the tech press often works, once Apple does it, 5G is now the thing and you can't not have 5G. So I think they, if they're going to put out a flagship, ultra flagship without 5G, they've got to do it before Apple puts 5G in an iPhone because it's still okay <laughs> to not have 5G right now. And after September, I don't think it will be. And the iPhone event could be early September? It's normally early September. Yeah, I think there's a lot of spec rumors. It's going to be later, right? I've I've okay. stayed mostly clear from the iPhone speculation for now because Lewis has been so, writing uh, it up. Yeah. But I, th I think I've seen some stuff saying it might be an October launch now. But either yeah. way, sometime soon. I'm not too fussed about 5G. Um, I, I to be honest, don't use 4G that much. I'm I'm at home most of the time or <laughs> yeah. places places that have Wi-Fi. <laughs> so, um, and I'm quite happy not using data when I'm traveling yep. anyway um and obviously like things like wireless charging sort of understandable considering the design um yeah so really that like that's the main thing you're buying here is that that hinge that's the 360 hinge and the way it works and stuff but yeah and there is some it, cool stuff there i'm not sure if, if we said already but like say unlike a foldable the benefit you get from the hinge is that as chris said it's 360 so it can swivel all the way round. So you can sort of open it all the way around to then just use one screen because the other screen has swiveled all the way to the back, um, which is a neat way of having, you know, if we look by comparison to the Galaxy Z Fold 2, that, uh, you know, you have to close it to use it one-handed and you've got an outside screen that might get scratched. This is, is means it can be, I guess like the Huawei, it can be closed with no screen on the outside. But when you open it, you actually have the choice of using it fully open or round all the other way. 
Um, or so, or sort of like a you know Nintendo DS clamshell sideways like yeah you know it's fairly clear this you know talking about smartphone top trumps this is not about top trumps at all it's it's about the experience it's about what you can do with it and, exactly and and um and that kind of like really the software and the design and my bet is part of the reason they've taken so long on it is they're trying to make sure the software is great so I'm I'm actually quite optimistic about that usability software side i reckon they'll have gone all in on making sure that all of the microsoft android apps run like a dream on this thing Mm. so that when you do go into powerpoint and excel or whatever you are genuinely getting a very usable experience that probably beats what you'll get on any other device so you know i think for that it makes sense who is this device for exactly because i was trying to think if they weren't going to buy a duo is this the person who would have said look at like a surface go or is this someone who would look at an iPad? Or is this someone who'd look at a Note device? Or is this for someone who's looking for a laptop? I'm, I'm not really sure where it fits. Because mm. it's such a weird product form factor. I'm not sure what product category it fits into or what target it's aimed at. I think it's a bit like the Note demographic, which is to mm. say people who want a big phone that's useful for working on. Um, mm. But in a way that Samsung kind of half is targeting with the, the Fold and the Z Fold, but in a way, because of the pricing and because of the way it pushes them, they look more like fashion devices, despite the, the very strong specs and the very good productivity purposes. I feel like the combination of the Microsoft brand and the design language they've used will, will push it that way of like, you know, the busy professional who wants to carry uh, a phone that then they can use as a small tablet and that they can do... You know, they can sit on a train for an hour and a half and actually just work on this one device and and get through actual work without having to bring their laptop or their tablet with them or something like that. Yeah, I think you've. I think that's the closest. I think you've nailed it there. Really, like, I don't think it, it's not supposed to be a laptop replacement, but it is supposed to be a phone slash tablet that you can get some stuff done on. Yeah, like yeah, on your commute or you know when when it's convenient without having to get a laptop out of your bag and you yep. know power it on and and whatever i wonder if this will be whether this will actually replace like for the people who buy it will it actually replace their phone or will it be a separate device that they use on the go because obviously it's capable of making phone calls and we've seen in some of the promotional videos like that someone's holding it up to their ear but it obviously doesn't look natural yet um this and is... obviously the, the size the size makes it means you can use it as a phone as well but it it looks like it would be an additional thing as opposed to replacing a smartphone quite yet. This is what I was looking at just before we, I was sort of going over the specs before we went live and I thought, yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to try one, but I was thinking I'll probably still use my Pixel <laughs> at the same time. Like, cause yeah. it's an eight, it's, you know, it's an 8.1 inch screen, right? Um, it's 250 grams. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's um you know, if you're looking at the millimeters, it's 186.9 millimeters tall. And if you compare that to like um, you know, even the Note 10 Ultra, that's a hundred about 165, so it's like a good twenty plus millimeters taller. Yeah. Um it's a big device specs I'm looking at. So it's it's massive, but you know, I suppose that's how you make a phone slash tablet. Yeah, it definitely sits in... I mean, it's, it's the return of the phablet. We stopped calling phablets phablets and, yeah. and Microsoft is bringing it back, maybe. Yeah, I, that form factor is what's going to be the, the hard thing. I think what... I think the Surface Duo is going to be a bit bad. Like, I think it's going to be a, a little bit shit just on the basis of those specs we've got and the price it's at and the design it's at. But I think the thing to remember is this is Gen 1, right? And, and we've seen just the other week Samsung completely transformed the fold and took what was also a slightly crap product last year and has revealed what looks to be a much, much, much better product this time around. The question is, is Microsoft, you know, I hope Microsoft is committed enough that they are already six months of R&D into the Surface Duo 2.0 uh, <laughs> and that that is on the way and that it will trim, like, clear those bezels out of the way so that the whole thing can get smaller It'll have 5G, it'll have a later processor, it'll have more RAM, and just all the kind of NFC, which I cannot (laughs) believe there's no NFC in this $1,500 phone. 
but yeah, like the Gen Two of this could be incredible if Microsoft sticks with it and makes it that far. Um, Chris, do you remember the the Sony Tablet P? Yes. That's all I can see with this. You might not, I, Dom. You might remember it, and, oh. I, and I would, I'd be surprised if you know what I'm talking about. It was literally no, a clamshell tablet. It was two screens. It had the thickest bezels. It looked like a, an old like glasses case when you closed it. It was kind of like ovoid. Um, nice. But unlike, you know, the, the thing that obviously Microsoft is aware of is they are still two discrete screens. So there is a split. Obviously, you can do like multitasking between the two on the Geo. Hmm. Sony was like. Don't worry about it. So you could play videos full screen across both displays, but this is back in, I don't know when it was now, maybe like 2010, 12, whenever it was, it was, there was a huge bezel in the middle, but videos would just play as if that wasn't there. So you, the video would be broken and pushed apart in the middle. It was a, it was a mess and they sold it. And I don't know how it got to retail. And I'm worried that this is basically a more refined version of that. Which isn't necessarily a good thing. That's my fear. <laughs> That's my concern. Which is why I'm kind of finding it hard to like see the needle that Microsoft is trying to thread here. I do struggle <laughs> to see what the argument is for separate displays, not yeah. a foldable display. And I, I say this as someone who has defended the LG dual display cases that do the exact same thing. But the reason I defend them is that they give you foldable functionality at half the price. This does not. It's <laughs> it's more expensive than a Z Flip, though yeah. that may be an unfair comparison because it's much smaller. But like it's three quarters of the price of a of a fold or a fold two. So like the compromises you're making, I only I think they only make sense if it's below a grand. Yeah. Um. And and if mm. it's not, then I just look at it and say, well, why would you? Anyone who's got the money to drop a grand and a half on this has probably got the money to spend another 300 and get the Samsung one that's, that's just going to be better. And I think Prove the foldable makes it cooler and, and more functional because you don't have this gap between the displays and stuff. I wonder if this will um, affect whether they'll actually release it globally. Because it, it seems from the comments that they're making that it will um, be dependent on kind of how people receive it or whether it's whether it proves whether it sells quite well mm. and i wonder if they'll want the kind of global feedback to improve for the next one or if they want to kind of have it as this limited release where um they can work on things kind of without it being a whole international thing where everyone you know criticizes it i i personally think yeah they're gonna hold it and it'll just be us and i think whether you know and to be fair we don't know whether say coronavirus and everything has impacted production lines and maybe that's affected quantity or, or their their distribution even if it hasn't like it's a nice excuse they've got if people do start pushing them on why aren't you releasing it anywhere else they just say well look you know the, the world's in chaos production distribution and we can't we can't ship it everywhere we'd like to um but i think for them it again like we we're saying this has got to be the groundwork for gen 2 that's a lot better so it makes sense to me that they just say, we know this one's a bit iffy, but we're just going to put it out in the US, limited run, get the feedback, get the like a bit of buzz out there that it works, even if it's a hard sell in a lot of ways, um, and and then move on. And they can probably get away with it a bit more in the US, which is a market that, from my understanding, is much more focused on on getting things through carriers, which is you know how this has been made available in part, mm. and where... so overall price isn't is a little more hidden from the consumer because you're buying it through a through a contract with a carrier that you're you know, paying monthly and stuff like that so they, it kind of masks the the price tag a bit whereas certainly if they start hitting like the asian markets if they tried for that i think the price tag would just screw them completely um yeah i wouldn't be surprised if yeah it, it sticks to the us and uh they, d they don't want uh you know a motorola razor type situation um and then yeah make the make the second one better it's it, it's sort of reminding me of when microsoft first started making surface mm. devices and you know some of them were pretty bad because they were running you know on arm and yeah you know just didn't provide the right experience and and i remember writing a blog post back then saying you know that these surface devices uh are going to be long gone pretty soon and and they did you know they kept on making them. they kept 
correcting the mistakes that they'd made and you know they moved on from all that arm business and and sort it out so i think they can do the same with this yeah that's yeah, what we've it, got to see here. One. It, it's like you said the early surface stuff wasn't great and the difference is unlike with some other product countries they just stuck with it and they figured surface out and they're broadly really good now and you know even in a few different form factors they figured them out for the most part and and the surface stuff is is it's a brand people trust now for hardware which is you know saying something for microsoft so i i hope that means that they're going to stick with this because they probably don't want to taint the surface brand with this idea that oh it's actually a bit dodgy and uh, so i think they're going to put enough money into this that they they hold the line and and make it at least to a gen 2 and that's really when we can judge it yeah it feels like this is maybe like the last missing link because when you look at the surface lineup as a whole it feels like they've got devices for almost every use mm. case except the phone and it's obvious that they're not going to just release a phone which is exactly like everything else in the market they wanted to do something different so it feels like over a few generations if they stuck at it and they can probably just about they can afford a, a first generation product to not be there yet um and that eventually it will get to a point where they can they will be as competitive perhaps in the phone market or their interpretation of a phone as they will be in like the laptops and the convertible tablets and two-in-ones and stuff like that yeah and i think we we've spoken about it with other brands a few times but there's that, that word ecosystem right everyone wants to have an ecosystem where you buy you know all of your products from the same company and microsoft has been pushing into that the surface headphones for God's sake, which, you know, I, I wouldn't have called a couple of years ago. So I think you're exactly right, Anaya, in that this is them saying, well, look, we've got it. We've got the whole ecosystem. We've got a lot of that down already, but we do not have a phone. So you're saying, well, I'll get my Microsoft laptop, my Microsoft tablet, my Microsoft headphones to go with them. But then I go and use some other brand's phone. And so I think that's yeah. the push here. It, it's have a phone that works perfectly with all of your other kit. And they have that software push where they can say, and it's the best phone to use like Office 365 on. And honestly, if they can get that, that's a great sell for a lot of people. And certainly for, say, corporate phone buyers buying stuff for employees, you know, where you can say, cool, this is, you know, I know if I buy Surface hardware, it's going to be the best thing for running Office on. Like that, that means something to a lot of people. I don't think any IT budget's going to be able to afford the duo, though. <laughs> no, probably not. Maybe, maybe for the like, when we get a cheaper one, C level execs only. But uh, yeah. the mono, the mono yeah. is the cheaper one. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> cool. I think that is enough enough Surface Duo nonsense. Uh, it is, yeah, it's out on September tenth uh, in the US. Uh, maybe they're going to announce for other places. I kind of hope so, but I think we're all a bit skeptical about that. Um, but something coming a little sooner than that is the Note 20 Ultra, which uh, Toddy, you hopefully have there. Um, I might do. And yeah, you've. How, when did you get it? How long have you been using it now? Um, I got it on. When did it come? Uh, very start this week. So Monday okay. this week. Um, so I haven't had the longest of times to play with it, but I've set it up. I've been using it. Um, we have an unboxing going live, I think, right now, maybe. Uh, which I shot already, if you want to know what comes in the box with the phone. Um, but yeah, it's here. Obviously, I saw it at Unpacked in the kind of hands-on event, uh, but it is nice to spend a lot more time with it and actually kind of get a feel for it as your device. Um, the main thing I would say is that, kind of going back to, it was kind of the reason I brought up earlier the whole um, aspect ratio thing. Mm. Because the aspect ratio, it's, it's, it's a beautiful display, you know, and it's 6.9 inches. So it's nearly next to seven. It's nearly seven inches, but on a phone. And obviously the bezels are way thinner. There's curved edges, which makes it kind of less intrusive, but it's still just, it's huge. Part of the reason I reached over here to get it is because I'm too scared to put it in my pocket. It doesn't safely fit in yeah. my pocket. And I am worried about it just tumbling out on the floor repeatedly. Um, uh, it's almost quite good actually that right now we are for the most part homebound and not walking around town because if I sat down out in the wild who knows what would happen to it I'm I'm a bit terrified because it is yeah it's a beast of a device like I can just about grip it comfortably and swipe around this lower half of the screen but um, beyond that yeah you got to use one-handed mode or you got to use two hands and that's just the only way to kind of really safely use this device and that's not really different from previous Note phones mm. but especially so with this generation because it is so big and it has that flat profile on the back so it doesn't really curve to your hand super nicely 
so yeah, it's it's a bit of a beast, a bit unwieldy, and uh, yeah, yeah. So that's initial impressions. Does <laughs> the camera module feel mm. as sort of obnoxiously out there as it did on the S twenty Ultra? It doesn't look as bad to me this time around. It feels a lot more deliberate. I feel like the S20 Ultra, they were trying to meld it with the design, whereas they're like, obviously it can't be a small camera module. So it is like, it's it's like a third of the thickness again, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beast. Uh, and especially with how kind of minimalist the rest of the back design is, it's, it's super clean. Yep. Probably one of the cleanest Samsung designs I think I've ever seen um, in any of their phones with just this flat, kind of it's not even slightly rounded there's no crazy optical effects going on like with the you know a95g for example had like rainbows yep. on it um and and the s pen is the same like on the note 9 they changed the s pen colors if you got the blue one which was quite cool there there's color match this time around so yeah the, the camera module is mm, it's fitting of the notes design i don't think it's attractive they've tried to do something with it i like the contrast which is something i mentioned before like of the gloss and the matte which yep. you get on this finish, you don't get that on the other finishes, on the Mystic Black and White. It's only on the Mystic Bronze you get this kind of satiny look, which is also way better for fingerprints as well, I should say. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty obtrusive. The one good thing I found today, actually, is that I put it on a, um, a tilted surface, and I realized I could actually use that to hook the phone at the top so it wouldn't slide down the surface. <laughs> so that is the best use I've found so far of the camera jutting out is having that option because it is basically a right angle. You know, some camera bumps yep. kind of round up into their bumpiness, which isn't a thing here. So yeah, it's it's novel um, in that regard, but I don't think it's pretty. Right. I could have used that. I, I'll, I'll embarrass myself here, but just the other week I managed to break the TCL 10 5G I've been reviewing. Yeah. Because it slid right off a table and it was exactly that. It was just lying on its back and just slid right off onto the floor. And it was goodbye, goodbye phone. So, actually, that is, that, that's another good point. Actually, raised. this is also, I think, the first device with Gorilla Glass 7 front and back. Yeah. Uh, which is a huge departure from the Note 20, which, if you don't know, uh, is glass stick. It's just plastic on the back and Gorilla Glass 5 on the front. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know what Samsung is trying to do there with that. <laughs> Do you want to do a live drop? On- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drop test. Woo-hoo. Um, I won't need to like, I won't do it on show, but there's every chance it'll happen just naturally because I don't see how that phone is going to stay in my pocket. Yeah. Willingly. Um, yeah. I'm generally quite scared. I might just keep it in the box and I'm not using it around the house just for safety. I mean, the, I was just going briefly say the S20 Ultra, like, I couldn't keep that in my pocket, not because I was worried it was going to break, but because it, it just jabbed into my waist. You know, when I sat down, there was so much phone that it was genuinely uncomfortable to sit with. That's a good point. I haven't even tried sitting on my sofa with it, which is where my body kind of folds the most in half. Maybe yeah. it, it was, won't even be possible. Who knows? Um, beyond, like, I mean, the, the design, I think it's a nice aesthetic, but physically it just has issues. I think that's mm-hmm. clear. Um and the fit and finish is great. The display is great, but these are issues that we kind of... I'm kind of sad that Samsung hasn't addressed issues that have been raised, especially with the Note 10 series, yep. because that had a curved edge screen as well, which looks great, but isn't great for a stylus. And that's true here as well, I would say. Uh, I don't have the Note 20 to compare it against, but I just know, having used other phones, like I've also got the Moto G Pro, the only other like stylus phone currently on the market, pretty much. Mm. from 2020 that has a flat screen and that i find is is easier to write on draw draw on whatever yeah i i really don't understand that choice because with the s20 series they went towards much flatter displays and even without a stylus they they went in that direction and they weren't perfectly flat but they were much 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 more flattened and i really liked that i thought it was bold for that flagship line to drop the curvature and admit that maybe actually there's something to be said for a flat panel Mm. um and I don't understand where they've gone back on that for the notes, especially when it's the stylus one where it makes the most sense to, to, to put in a flat screen. Yeah. The one thing I am excited to do, because the screen is so, so good, it might, in my books, rival like the OnePlus. You know how everyone loves the OnePlus 7 Pro slash 8 Pro display? Mm. It's really pretty. Like, it's a really nice display. And I'm only using it in full HD, but with that 120 hz refresh rate. Yeah. That's the way I prefer to use it. I flipped it to the other way around to do some testing, see if it affected benchmarks. And 
I was then acutely aware of 60 hertz, um, <laughs> yeah. which yeah, is that, what happens, you know. That is worth flagging, and I don't think it is a deal breaker, but it is weird that it is still the case that the 120 hertz and the high resolution are incompatible because we've seen other companies, OnePlus included, run both at the same time. Uh, so I don't think it's a deal breaker. And as I said, I think I would just say, cool, put the high refresh rate on like you have and, and, and let the resolution drop. But it is weird that six months on from the S20 series, they still haven't figured out how to do that or have chosen not to do that for some reason when we know technically it's possible. We know the processors can handle it. I, I don't get it. I I can only assume they're worried about battery too much. Yeah. And then they'll be like, well, you gave me the option to do both. So yeah, you should I, be able to last under those circumstances or whatever. I don't know. I like the OnePlus solution, which just, it gives you a warning. Like it actually just warns you as you put both on. It just says yeah. like, this is going to kill your battery life. Are you sure you want to do it? And That's you get enough. to say, yes, I'm an idiot. Let me do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish a, there was more of that. Yeah. I'm like a big dumbo. Let me, let me be done with my phone and do dumb <laughs> shit. Like, oh, it's much better. So is the default resolution, did you say you're using it full HD? When I set it up, is it was it? default full HD 120 right, by yeah. default. And it, it feels like, like a great out-of-box experience because it flies. They, I feel like they've also sped up One UI. It feels more like, you know, Oxygen OS is very fast animations. Right. I think they are pandering to the, the refresh rate with the UI because it feels the way everything animates and moves across the screen just naturally feels snappier. And we were we were sort of dissing the, the Xiaomi for having full HD, and then you know, <laughs> Samsung's comes out of the box running that resolution, and yeah, and and is best run at that resolution for various reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing I want to try, which I can't try yet, but I downloaded all the apps today anyway, is uh, Xbox Game Pass. Of course, yeah. Supposedly, this phone mm -hmm. has optimizations. The fact that I think today or yesterday, the app is now just available as a beta on any Android device that supports like the right OS version. Yeah, makes me think. I'm I'm really curious to see what actually they've done to optimize this phone over other phones. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure what. I I feel like it's nonsense, and there's not anything be. meaningful. It might be. I don't know. But we'll I'll see. Have to test it out. I'm, yeah. It feels like more of a brand partnership yeah. type marketing sure. thing than and and the the free the free month as a pre order bonus yeah. as a as yeah. a way to just then get people obviously to keep subscribing which for Microsoft is is the big thing. And I have no doubt that this display size and gaming on this, if you're going to game on a phone using console style games, is probably better than using an iPhone. Yeah, even a Pro Max. Um, so. I can see why that partnership makes sense beyond just them already having a kind of a good relationship with Microsoft. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is one of the spaces where the big screen falls into place is if you do intend to game a lot. And especially as we go into this world of, of game streaming where, yeah, it's, it's console quality games. You might be playing on your phone, not little blocky pixelated things. So I think that idea of actually wanting the big screen to play on is going to keep making more and more sense for the people that want to do that. Mm. Yeah. And the one thing we haven't really talked about is the S Pen. Um, yeah. Everyone knows about the S Pen and the fact that there's just a few new gestures this year. Um, I guess the nice thing is that you can use these gestures outside of apps. Previously with the Note 10, it was pretty much within specific apps. So like mm -hmm. in the camera app, you could zoom in and zoom out or take photos or record video with the S Pen wirelessly, which is actually quite useful, I think, for certain situations. If you want to, you know, put it on a tripod and not worry about someone else being your photographer yeah then there's that um this one it is nice to if you have the s pen out like go back to the home screen or whatever i don't really have a use case for it myself but i can imagine if you're using this to present on that might make more sense mm. um but it's on, a bit of a stretch <laughs> honest question have can you tell that the response time is better like is that a noticeable thing i would i don't have the latest iPad Pro, which also has nine millisecond response time. And I don't have the Note 20. I have the Note 8, though. And I have the G Pro. Yeah. And it is amazing how much better it feels. Right, okay. Between those two. So though I'd use something to compare it against besides some sort of reference. Yeah. Um, and I have an iPad with, like, the Gen 1 Apple Pencil, like the 2019 to standard iPad. Um, and yeah, with all those things, yeah, the nine milliseconds response time is really nice, um, especially for handwriting, more so than illustration, I think, because it feels more natural. And that's mm. just so, you know, if they can make it quicker, great. But nine milliseconds for most people, I 
don't think is going to feel that different to normal writing, except for the feel of the actual surface of, and the material. Obviously, like glass and a plastic nib is going to feel different to paper and a pencil. Um, but yeah, I think that it was is a smart move. I'd be interested to see how that compares to the Note 20's improved response time from the Note 10, but not quite as snappy as this. Um, yeah. And the other thing I want to talk about is the processor. Was, it's a small thing. what I was going <laughs> to... But it really <laughs> bugs me. the same me. wavelength, yeah. <laughs> because this is a great phone. It feels really fast and powerful. No more so than the S20 phones, I would say. I reviewed the Plus. Uh, mm. Dom, you reviewed the regular S20 um, and the Ultra. And yeah, the Exynos 19, 990 is a perfectly fantastic top-end chip. That's not in dispute. The fact that America gets the 865 plus and they are paying effectively, you know, market equivalents to what you would normally pay. Yeah. We're being shortchanged in the rest of the world. The fact that there like, was already a performance gap and the performance gap has widened, you know, as, as people were, you know, the, the 990 is good. I don't, I don't want to rag on it too much. And it is, it's, you know, it's not like saying, oh, it's a mid-range chip. It is a flagship chip, but it's not as good as the 865 in various respects. And there was a gap, and now the gap is just widening. And you mm. kind of look and say, well, everyone else is getting kind of shafted here. Yeah, and I think that makes this a harder recommendation, just surface-level gut feeling, Yeah, knowing that that is a thing. Yeah. If you are a Note user already and you were invested in the Note range, you won't be disappointed by this. Mm. But, yeah, early, early vibe I'm getting from it is that, yeah, just the fact that for the money you're being asked to pay, there's already a better version of the same phone out there it is annoying. Yeah. I'm curious to see, I haven't seen any yet, but comparisons in battery life between the Exynos and the Snapdragon versions. Because for me, that was often where the difference really came out. Not so much in performance, because I think all these phones are so incredibly fast day to day that it doesn't matter that much. Again, unless you're doing a lot of gaming, that's maybe where you'd see. But generally the exynos equivalents always die earlier in the day than the snapdragon ones and i wonder if that's going to be another step in the gap of widening again here full review embargoes are between this episode and next episode of fast charge so maybe it's something we touch on but we'll yep. see all the u.s press who have the snapdragon version if they love the battery life and we're all like yeah because yep. that's i feel what happened with the s20 range and i'm expecting it to happen with the note um we shall see cool uh, yeah, that probably does us for today. Um, we've been going on for a while, not quite the full hour we managed last week, but we'll we'll get the hang of it. Um, yeah, thank you, everyone. I don't know what we'll be talking about next week. It will depend on what gets announced. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything exciting happening in the next week in terms of actual announcements we know about. So I really don't know what we're going to have to talk about. Uh, if we get really desperate, I've I've got the Galaxy Beans that I've started using today. Beans! So I'll, I'll just like rag on the beans for a bit next time. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Uh, that's mean. They, they sound alright so far. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I've used them once, so we'll see. Uh, thank you, and I am Chris and Toddy. And thank you everyone who sat with us through the live chat. And yeah, we'll be back next week. So you know hit like subscribe all that kind of junk and see you guys soon bye bye, bye.